0: Today on this special episode, Jeremy responds to questions that have arisen during previous episodes. If you have questions, please go to beyondthewalls-ministry.com and submit it through the contact page. And now, Jeremy responds. Okay, there was a couple questions last week. Remember, you can always ask questions. It doesn't mean I'll be able to answer them, but a couple questions, so let's deal with these quickly because I don't want to... We've talked about some of this in past classes, but people come and go, so you never know. The first question was When God created Earth, was it like Pangea, or was it divided into continents, you know, like it is today? Well, uh, simply, the the simple answer is uh, no, it was not like it is today, divided into continents. The way that Genesis 1 9 and 10 read is the way God originally created the Earth was basically like one single supercontinent. Um, but it's not in the way that Pangaea uh, is described. If you read the, the theory of Pangaea, it's one of many cycles of plate tectonics and continental divide where the earth you know, crashed together, you know, continents drifted together, crashed together, and then moved apart. So it's not exactly like the Pangaea theory. In fact, if you take you know, what we all probably saw in school, and that's the Pangaea picture, You've got Africa and South America and North America Europe and all this stuff. Uh, they really don't actually fit together. There's like 30% of the Earth's uh, surface missing. Uh, so um, if you fill in all the gaps in the picture, yeah, you won't see that 30% is missing, but 30% is kind of a big chunk since it's like a third. <laughs> so, um, so it actually doesn't really fit together. The way that creationists um, describe the early Earth and then the post-flood Earth or let's just say the created earth and the post-flood earth, is they talk about the world of Rodinia. That's what they call it. And Rodinia is basically a supercontinent, as Genesis 1, 9, and 10 describes. Most of the earth was land with less water surface than we have today. And probably the elevation of the highest mountains were no more than about 8,000 feet and so this was Rodinia, and then at the flood you have a catastrophic event, which causes massive amounts of erosion of land soils, and these have basically piled on top of the current continents, and we know that as sedimentary rock. That's where you go find uh, fossils because it was all buried quickly, you know, and uh, underwater and so forth, and. Forming uh, conditions for fossilization. So, at any rate, um, then what creationists describe is a Pangea forming when continents, by rapid movement, actually hit one another, you know, collided and formed like mountain ranges and so forth. In fact, well, that's one of the questions in geology that uh, secular geology, that's never they can't answer really, is how you form mountains. Uh, creationists argue that they form very rapidly by high power events, collision of continents, whereas everything's moving very slowly in secular geology. And you don't have the force or the power to dis, uh, describe mountain building. So while they do try to describe it by plate tectonics and so forth, there's not the energy uh, sufficient to create mountain ranges and stuff like the Appalachians or the Cascades or the Rockies or whatever. So um, all these things, though, are described and you can research these things, what creationists have done. So I would just say there's a Rodinia-type Earth originally, and then after the flood, it's a Pangea-type event which forms the mountains. And then um, uh, further catastrophes in the lat- latter part of the flood that resulted in the current basic configuration of the continents. Okay, um, second question. Why did the serpent sin if, if God made him? Okay, a question. Why did Adam sin if God made him? You know, it's the same basic question, right? Um, well, look, there's only three ways that we know as humans that were possible creations. The first possible creation is a world where all the creatures are non-sentient beings. They're just determined like robots or automatons. Uh, This is a possibility, but in that that possible world, every being or creature would only do what that being or creature was basically programmed to do, and it could not do other. So in that world, there's no choice. uh, There's no love that's genuine. Everything is just determined. Everyone does what they have to do. So that's one possible world, right? Another possible world is a world in which we're not created. And if that were the world, then uh, we are not responsible because there's no one to whom we ultimately are responsible to. There's no God. So that's another worldview, an idea uh, that could be a possibility. Uh, the third possible world is a world where all creatures creatures that are cognizant, self-conscious and self-directing, uh, are sentient beings. That is, we're responsible beings. And in this world, there is real choice and there is real love and there is real sin. And uh, these actions are significant and they are meaningful because they are actually real. And God chose to create this third type of world a world where there are creatures who are sentient, they're responsible, they have self-consciousness, they're self-directing, they can make choices for or against God, and in that context they can choose to love God or they can choose to rebel against God and sin. And the same thing is true, of course, for angelic beings. They could choose to sin or to love God. And that's the type of world God created. Um, So the way that God made us, he made us incorrupt as well as angels he made them incorrupt but corruptible that is with the capacity to become corrupt uh, by choosing uh, to sin against him okay so um, beyond that I can't really answer the question other than to say that this is the universe that God decided to create the way he decided to make things